Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Multitasker Podcast, your lifestyle podcast for people trying to excel in their career, maintain a social life, eat right, text everyone back, stay sane, survive, and be happy. We are super excited. We got Mandy Bowen in the building, founder and CEO of the official Black Wall Street app. Mandy, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Yes, we're excited to have you. And of course, we got Brandon and Christina in the building. Hey, y'all. What's up, (laughs) y'all? So, Mandy, we're going to jump right in. Um, On the Multitasker podcast, we do this thing called 10 Years Ago Today, where we look at our Facebook memories because nobody embarrasses me like me 10 years ago on Facebook. We love to do that with our guests and just break the ice really quickly, get comfortable We're going to show you how it's done. Christina's going to kick us off. Christina, what was your memory 10 years ago? So my memory is from 14 years ago today, and it's a status, and it says, God finds the most interesting ways to bless me. If you put someone out of your life, you did it for a reason. I was just reminded of this. Sorry if you didn't make the cut the first time around. You're definitely not welcome back. Mm. And I think that, like, that's very like relevant in my life right now. So <laughs> listen to previous episodes to know why. But um, yeah, it 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 really it really it was a message from me to me. So I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. That was one for me too. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> anytime. Anytime. Talk that talk. <laughs> I'll go next, Bree. Okay, what was yours? Um, okay, Facebook 10 years ago. Oh, y'all, this is a good one. This is about to get me together. <laughs> so I was tagged in the status, and it was a picture attached. Um, and it said, congrats, Brandon, for being week's three biggest loser. Two weeks in a row. All right now. Okay, and then the picture that's attached to it says, has the word written on it, discipline. And then it says, it is the bridge between goals and accomplishment. Jim Ron. Oh, yeah, I love that. I know, right? My 10 years was good this time, y'all. That was so responsible. I love it. I'm like, I feel like this is perfect for today. Yeah, so it just, it kind of just, just got me together. Like, man, I was losing weight. Like, I was making money. Like, okay, thinking of, you know, where I was in my mindset then 10 years ago, this was kind of a right on time post and um, some accountability attached to it. It's thing a little. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Andy, do you want to go next? Uh, so I don't have 10 years ago. I do have 14 years ago, though. Okay. Uh, and says August 1st, 2009. Wow. Um, had the deepest convo today about life relationships and spirituality dot, dot, dot with her doctor. Oh, Mandy has the, had the deepest convo today about life, relationships, and spirituality with her doctor. God bless that man. I love that. You just reminded me when you said Mandy says the that we used to have like the statuses mm-hmm. that were like pre-set, and then you added your thoughts afterwards. Yes. I love that. <laughs> My cousin actually still posts her statuses like that. It's very annoying. Oh. It's, like, <laughs> it's showing her age, but yes, to this day. <laughs> I feel like it's nostalgic. <laughs> and I think it's important that you had a doctor that you could have open conversations with like that. Like, that's important. I'm glad. Yes, he was a black doctor. 
Love. Do you still go to Michigan? I don't, but I moved. Um, so a lot happened in the, in the 14 years, but he was a great doctor. That's awesome. Okay. I had two from 10 years ago and I was debating which one, but based on what you all shared, I'm going to go with the second one, which says the affirmation has guided my week. Doors of opportunity now open where my gifts, talents, and skills are wanted, appreciated, and well-rewarded. Amen. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I'm like, I gotta bring you one. Bree always had a good one. <laughs> I want Bree to read the other one because I'm sure it's not as responsible. Right. What's the other one? <laughs> okay, so prepare to be disappointed. I'm I'm two oh, for two man. this week. Oh, um, no. my other 10 year says Fab Life exclamation point. Hashtag TVT with official Kimura, my fashion mommy. And it's pictures of it's a collage of me and Kamora Lee Simmons in um, a fashion show pic. And that's it. I'm in the office. I'm in the KLS office. I'm working. So wait a minute. Actually, I remember I was... that time in life. Was that in New York? <laughs> that was in New York. Yep. Yes. Yeah, so was that when like, you won that trip? So oh my God, I forgot a, about that. This was a TBT. Um, so I don't know what year it really was. But I interned with Baby Fat. So yeah, one of the pictures. Yeah, one of the pictures is from when I had to go. Well, I didn't have to, but they were having a an event. Um, and so I went to that. Another picture is from when I was just randomly in New York and I asked to come into the office. Another picture is when I first met Kamora at Fashion University. Um, from Teen Vogue's Fashion University. And then the other picture is on U of I's stage. I was coordinating the Baby Fat Fashion Show. Oh, this is more than once. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's she crazy. was like plugged in with Kamora Lee. Bree ha okay, had like up. tons of pictures with Kamora. I'm like, oh, so this is really your fashion mom. <laughs> That's my fashion mom. Because like yeah. when you won that trip, didn't Jamie go there as well? Didn't like- Oh, that's what- So- yeah, that was one of the ones where we, we didn't win it. That was when I was interning. So they invited okay. the interns in for an event to like talk with Kimura and learn about the business. And we like saw the upcoming clothing. Yeah, because Jamie went. I remember both mm -hmm. of y'all were there. And I'm like, okay, so y'all raw. Y'all just with Kimura. Y'all just out here living like that. Yeah, that's good. Look, time. and both of y'all still winning. Jamie Ho, Dr. I Perkins. Shout out to her. So, Christina, now you have to admit that I'm not the ratchet one today. <laughs> Waits for it. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not going to be. I'm not the ratchet one either. And... <laughs> All right. Fair enough. We're keeping, it, we're keeping it above board today. Mandy, tell us a little more about you present day. So, we know about you 14 years ago. But what's going on today? Tell us who you are, what you do. Yeah, so I am uh, the founder and CEO of a company called Official Black Wall Street. Um, we are one of the largest apps and digital platforms connecting consumers to different Black-owned businesses all around the country. Um, I've been doing this full-time since 2017, so six years. Um, we have a new app that we just launched uh, last year, Juneteenth. Um, you know, to make it easier for us to find brick and mortar businesses, product based businesses, e commerce businesses that are all made from uh, Black founders. For me, I started this 
not necessarily as a business, but I am from Brooklyn, New York. Um, and when I first started this, or at least the idea for it, it was probably like 2014. And during that time, I had just learned about Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And that was a huge source of inspiration for me, especially coming from, you know, I had been an aspiring entrepreneur maybe since I was in junior high school. Uh, my grandmother had like a daycare and I feel like you know, just watching her kind of create this community or this safe space for, for everybody, it kind of motivated me to be an entrepreneur. And so looking at, you know, the different challenges that I saw Black entrepreneurs were going through at that time when it came to gentrification, um, a lot of businesses getting priced out of neighborhoods um, or even having issues where new people come into the neighborhoods and start complaining about things that have already been there and established. Um, and so I really wanted to help in some way. For me, it was like, all right, you know, let me just go out and support the businesses in my community. Um, so I started, you know, a spreadsheet where I would literally come home from work and I would do nothing but search for different Black owned businesses and add them to this sheet just for myself. And I found so many amazing businesses that I was like, I have to share this with everybody. Um, at that time, I mean, my background was in like the social media digital marketing space. And my first thought was, okay, let me start some social media pages that should, just to share it with people, build this community. Uh, and it kind of just kept growing from there. I didn't intend for it to be a business right off the bat. It wasn't until maybe we had launched, I say we, back then it was just me. Um, I had launched the website in, I think, June of 2015. 2016, one of those. And, you know, the platform, my social pages were growing so much that we had business owners reaching out and saying like, hey, how much would it be for us to promote our business? Like, what are your marketing packages? So that was when the light bulb went off. And I was like, oh, like I can create this impact and make an impact while also having this be my full-time business. So official Black Wall Street pretty much grew from there. Yes, yeah, it's, it's been a labor of love while also making an impact. So I don't think we've ever gone through those stats on the podcast. Do you mind sharing them with us? You know, they, they also need the funding. And for them, it there are more hoops to jump through. It comes to proving that our businesses can be just as profitable as other businesses. So, yeah, there's a so lot. When you say six hours, that's crazy, first of all. Mm -hmm. But I want to ask the questions that may seem simple. To really get to the foundation of what we're talking about. So the question I have for you is, why does this matter? Like, as a Black person, if I have a, my portion of the trillion dollar spending power, why does it matter if I spend it with Black people or where I spend my money? Mm -hmm. Well, I think, for one, uh, we're talking about our neighborhoods and our communities and, number, and the money that goes back into them. So when you are supporting Black-owned businesses, you know, you're helping them gain the revenue to hire more people. So, you know, our employment rates go up. There were even stats, um, Goldman Sachs did this, this study a couple years ago where they found that um, more times than not, when a business, when there is a Black entrepreneur in a community, they are usually leaders. So they're not only building this business, but they're also being mentors to other people in the community and helping to, to build more Black entrepreneurs as well. Um, and then for me, it's, it's more of a personal thing. Um, or for us, it, it should be more of a personal thing where, you know, we talk about generational wealth all the time. We can't get there if we're, you know, not spending with or not supporting and patronizing the businesses that we own. Um, we 
there are so many stories about like black businesses getting acquired and people get so upset about it. And it's like, well, if we don't support the businesses in our community, we'll never have a conglomerate that can um, acquire other, a black owned conglomerate that can acquire other black owned businesses. So for me, I just see it as a, a major cycle. You know, if we want to improve our communities in general, um, if we want to, you know, see more employment um, and even see more mentors and more leaders in, in our community, it, it starts with supporting black owned businesses. It literally melts over into so many other places in, in our community that we should care about. And I'm glad you answered that. I think we talk about support black business, support black business, but we really don't highlight why and what that looks like and why it's important. And so that's why I wanted to ask that question. Thank you. No problem. So what does that look like? So we, we talked about why it's important, but how can we support black businesses? Because you just said that, or I, I believe you said earlier that like there are very few black owned grocery stores. Like mm -hmm. it's very, there are very few black owned liquor stores or even um, beauty supplies. And, but those are the businesses that are in the black community. There's a family dollar. There's always a family dollar. There's always, you know, a corner store, but even these stores that are not really feeding our community what it needs aren't black owned mm -hmm. often. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we see that a lot. And I think that, you know, shameless plug, I think that's one of the benefits of having a platform like Official Black Wall Street, where you can go on and, um, you know, find, um, if not the beauty supply store, at least find someone or a business that creates the type of products that you're looking for. Uh, but I think one, we, people don't like to hear this, but we do kind of have to go out, out of our way a little bit. You know, it's not going to be around the corner because we, we don't have, in a lot of neighborhoods, we don't have businesses around the corner, even in our neighborhoods. Um, so I would say one, um, being intentional about it. So even if you have to drive a little bit further, um, you know, coming up with a routine or at least, um, you know, there's black owned toothpaste, there's black owned toothbrushes. So looking at the different ways that, you know, for, for the everyday things that you buy, you can purchase them online from a black owned business um, and, you know, be supporting in that way. Not only that, but I think in the, the very beginning, one thing that benefited us as a black owned business a lot was just word of mouth. So people um, telling their friends, their aunties, their cousins about official black Wall Street. So even if, you know, you can't afford to purchase or patronize a black owned business, at least sending them or sending, you know, a referral to somebody else or, um, you know, following them on Instagram. Also just having grace is a way to support black owned businesses. That is a whole other story, but I've seen a lot of people, um, I've seen a lack of grace when it comes to black owned businesses and like pricing. I've seen people like, oh, well, black, you know, the, the prices are always so high. Um, and that is for a reason. A lot of these larger companies like the Targets and the Amazons, they buy in bulk. They have so much demand that they can buy things in bulk and they have the, the relationships with distributors and, and all these other things because they've, they've been doing it for so long. Even, you know, the beauty supply stores in our neighborhood, a lot of them have a monopoly on, you know, supplies and different things like that. So a lot of times black owned businesses have to price theirs a little bit higher because they don't have the demand to buy in bulk and to bring those prices down until we actually patronize them. So it's it's like a, a cycle that I see with um, 
you know, a lot of the issues that, that Black-owned businesses go through and a lot of the, the complaints that I see on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, I, I see that. One thing that when you spoke to beauty supplies, I go, I, my day job is in um, a, black, a historically Black area in Houston, and I work in economic community development. Mm-hmm. And the other day, I had to go get some hair because I was getting my hair braided, so I go to the beauty supply. And what I realized is they hold so much inventory mm-hmm. and they may not sell that inventory for a year or two. Mm-hmm. Like it, that t-shirt they have might be sitting on the rack for three years and they can afford to do that. Mm-hmm. And I just think about like how, like you said, that like it's a monopoly with the beauty supplies and the people who can't afford to hold that inventory or maybe have the stock of what's needed mm-hmm. at all times, leave those. So what is the importance of the people who have those re- who have the resources to come back to the black neighborhoods? Oh, I think that's super important. I mean, resource and business acumen, financial, all of those are outside of the funds and the actual dollars. Um, those are things that black owned businesses really do need. Um, Many times it is like I'll talk to to black um, founders who have like a product based business and for them, like the whole manufacturing and like where to to get their product source and all it is like a a major thing. I'm not. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God I'm not like a product based um, company because that is a whole nother world. Um, But having those resources or at least someone to to um, to let you to help you bypass the pitfalls um, and not have to make those, you know, expensive errors. Uh, I mean, in tech, it's, I can compare it to tech as well, but um, I would have, I would have made a lot less uh, mistakes if I had those resources, especially as a non-technical founder being, you know, having a, an app-based company. Um, but yeah, those resources, that know-how is super important because a lot of times in business, black founders don't have the, like you said, we don't have the the privilege of like, you know, just messing things up a little bit or trial and error or failing and still, um, you know, having investors want to, to give you their money um, that you can play with. We just, we don't have that kind of play money and play time. Um, so yeah, resources, um, the actual dollars, all of that stuff really helps. Brandon, I want to ask you a question because you work in banking and then you've also recently started your own business. Are there any resources that you know about, whether it be classes or grants or anything like that through the banking system that Black entrepreneurs Black entrepreneurs can take advantage of? So yeah, there are a few different resources, um, but admittedly so. Like, um, I think one thing even, you know, Mandy was mentioning earlier was in regards to just kind of even the difficulties in funding, like for creatives and like creative based businesses, you have to be able to leverage a lot of accounting and financial like documents to even start the process of even getting most of those loans. Um, And without, you know, I like to speak on the podcast freely of my financial affiliation with my firm because we speak to the real here. So in a lot of times for like black businesses, um, I don't see nearly to scale the amount of funding approvals that I see for businesses of other race based 
do you think that that's because of just I hate to say like it's like straight racism, or do you think it's because the financial picture looks different because of I guess generations of us being behind as a people? Um, you know, that's an interesting question, Christina, and I and I think I think it's fifty fifty both. Um, I think obviously, you know, there's always an underlying of systematic, you know, racism that we just experience. And that's just the the reality for living life while black. Um, but even on the other side of it, I think that knowledge based part plays a huge factor and a huge role um, because a lot of times we'll even get like, you know, black business owners. They're so excited to get the business going and to make money from it. Cause you got to think how like black entrepreneurs really start. Like most of it is a hustle or, you know, it's something that we kind of turned into a hustle that like got real, but at the root of hustle is we just trying to make some money. Like we try uh -huh. to get it quick. <laughs> so a lot of times we overstep some of, you know, those key foundational things like getting an LLC. It'd be simple stuff you all. Mm -hmm. And I, and I've seen even instances where, you know, black entrepreneurs will bring, you know, a million dollars in like revenue in a year but it's going to their personal account. <laughs> so you can't count that. That's not business income. You don't got no paperwork. You selling your wigs online on your Shopify and it's doing amazing. You are hitting numbers. You are celebrating with lavish pictures on Instagram, but at the base of like the operating of your business, it's in a personal account and we'll shut it down at the bank because it's commingling agreement. You can't accept business funds into a personal fund. So if even on the banking foundation of where the money is coming to, we have those knowledge gaps on the larger scale when it comes to your tax classification, um, your LLC, your designation, like uh, when it comes to scaling that business, that knowledge gap also grows. Um, so it inadvertently affects us even more negatively. Oof. Yeah, that knowledge gap is, is no joke. I was talking to one of my mentors earlier today. We were talking about this as, as well. Even for me personally, like when it comes to VC funding, that is a whole different world. It is like a full time job to be raising, uh, which is why I procrastinated a little bit on 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 that one. But um, yeah, there's there's a major knowledge gap. I speak to so many founders who aren't sure of the like the different options they have when it comes to funding. Um, and even when it comes to like VC funding or loans, like knowing which one your business qualifies for, if you can even go to an investor and if your business is, is um, scalable in that way, uh, there's just so, so much in between, um, so many legalese and, and stuff that we're just not accustomed to. What did you do to get smarter to it? How did you learn more about it? Um, for me, I... One, I have a couple of uh, founder friends who have gone through the process. And so we'll, you know, have calls or whatever, and I'll ask them how the process is going for them um, just to get a, a sense of what it's actually like. Um, which I, I've heard it's, it's not a lot of fun. But um, so, so it's asking other people. Um, there are also a couple of books that I have read. Um, one is like Venture Deals. Yes, Venture Deals um, is a good one. But really just looking at my network who have already done whatever it is that I am looking forward to, to doing and just asking them questions. For me, it's it's reading a book is cool. I went to school for business, but actually starting a business and learning about it, starting a business 
completely different things. And I feel like funding anything in life is, is really the same. So um, getting firsthand accounts and, and, you know, going to people, you can ask questions and they'll, like you said, give you the real. Okay. You said venture deals. Could you drop two more books that you would suggest? Yes. Um, the book, The Lean Startup, was a really, really good one. It goes into, you know, paying yourself. Um, and as the, the book says, um, being lean as you're, you're growing. I read um, the TEDx book. I feel like I'm getting the, no, TED Talks. Um, I read that one a couple years ago. And for me, I feel like as a founder, um, you're also a thought leader. Um, so knowing how to talk about what you do, knowing how to um, storytell, especially when you're talking about your why, um, why you're building, whatever you're building is super important too. So yeah, I would say those three. I love that you talked about mentorship too. And I, I want to recap what we've talked through so far because we've had some nuggets that I think are helpful for anyone who's looking to start a business or if they have a business and they need to go back and tick some boxes. Mm -hmm. So Brandon mentioned legally funding or legally founding rather your organization. So whether that's an LLC or whatever you decide to file as, but making sure that you have that legal foundation with a business account, that is your first step. And then Mandy, you mentioned funding and scalability which I want to talk more about in a moment. Mm -hmm. um, but being being well-versed in how to get money, whether it's through funding, whether it's through grants, whether it's through the organic growth of your business, just knowing how you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. And then also attaching yourself to people who have done what you've done before mm -hmm. so that you can have conversations with them and learn from them and potentially skip through some of the steps that took them longer in a shorter period of time because they're giving you the game of what worked for them. And then finally, being able to speak to what it is that you're doing, why you're doing it, and how you're doing it, and being the number one marketer on your team. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when we talk about Black businesses we don't talk about those things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when you mentioned the grace part, you talked about pricing, but I immediately thought about customer service and just the different things that we don't show as much grace for in those areas. Like when you look at reviews and things like that, it's like, are you more apt to write a review about a black business, right, wrong, or indifferent, than you are for another business. Mm -hmm. And if it is going to be a bad review, what's the motivation if you wouldn't do that for another business? So I think there's a lack of grace in those areas as well. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're looking to start a business, I feel like those are some really great grounding steps. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, just like you put things out, I think just taking, a, taking it one step at a time is the, the best way to go about it. I agree. You mentioned that you weren't sure about how to get funding and even if you could get funding. Can you talk about what you've learned in terms of the kinds of businesses that qualify for funding and what scalability looks like and even means? I think when I have started my journey with, so officially we're completely bootstrapped. Um, 
Um, we've had a, a number of grants and been in accelerators and things of that nature. But when it comes to scalability, I think one common misconception people have is that um, anyone can go for VC funding. VC funding is like a, a whole different playing field because, you know, the people investing in your business, they want like a 10x and then some return. Um, so if you are like a, a mom and pop shop and or you are hand making, you know, jewelry, then you might not be, you know, if you can't mass produce those things that you're then it might not be the, the best route for you. I think to, to start with, you know, going with going with the less expensive money, um, which is usually not VC uh, funding, uh, is usually the best route until you you know that you can scale your business and then some. That makes sense. And I think that's something for us and our listeners to think about as we continue to build our business. I want to go back to you and Obviously, you built a business and we've talked about that a little bit. Tell us more about what a day in the life is like for a female founder, a black founder. What do you do? <laughs> it's funny because I usually dread getting this question. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I can't think of like a a, um, a normal everyday thing that, you know, every day it's, it's something different. Uh, but for me, I... I, I like to prioritize work-life balance, especially after, you know, the pandemic and everything that, that came after. Um, and so I, I always start my day with um, yoga, meditation. Um, I like to say that my morning is just for me. So once I'm done with all that stuff, then I jump into work. And usually it ranges from um, answering emails um, lately, I'd like to to break my days up. So like, you know, Mondays, I am kind of um, out of office, still doing work on my end, but just not bothered by anything. No meetings. I'm not answering emails. It's more so just like strategy and getting ready for the week. Um, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I usually have, you know, lots of meetings. Wednesdays, it's usually more about content. And, you know, Fridays, I like to to dedicate to just or at least more recently, um, dedicating that just to like the connection part of being a founder, which there's just so many, so many different pieces to, to pick up. But um, the connection part is a really, really important one. And it's, it can be hard to remember that when you're like heads down in the business, just trying to make things happen. So um, yeah, I try to make time for, for all of those different things. So now Mandy, Shout out to you. We're going to have to discuss some tips on like the yoga and the meditation. Like you do that every morning. Yeah. Yeah. What? I try to. <laughs> what time do you wake what? up? Right. What time does that start? Oh, I'm not, I'm not even like an early morning person. I try okay, to okay. Someday I might be, but <laughs> I wake up at like six o'clock in the morning, maybe six 30. Okay. So that's yeah. not bad. No. Not so what all. else do you do for fun to like wind down? I'm sure you're dealing with a lot of like important meetings and here at the multitasker, we try to balance all that out. So what do you do to just kind of let your hair down, have a little bit more fun? What does the black tech owner, founder do to just be fun? Get back to um, me. You know what What I've tried to do, because I've been trying to figure out like the whole work-life balance thing and how do I pour into myself all throughout the day. 
Um, so one thing that I'm trying now is thinking of my day in thirds. So like there's the morning, there's the afternoon lunch period, and then there's after that. So I like to make sure I'm doing something in all of those like slots that pour back into me. So in the morning, it's the meditation and the yoga. Um, and for lunch, I might, you know, go for a quick little walk or, you know, meditate in my room or go to the rooftop or something like that. Um, and then in the afternoon, I am going to the gym or working out, but, you know, or going for a walk, going out for drinks with friends or happy hour, uh, but just making sure that I do something to say like, okay, this is, these are my, my hours now. This is not work time. I can't be on my phone checking emails. I have to break uh, because I've, I've realized in doing this a couple or at least being intentional with it, uh, the ideas that I have are amazing. Like just getting the time to sit down and think, which is, is so crazy to say that. But um, <laughs> I feel like when you're a business owner, you're just kind of like going through, okay, this is next and this is next. You have like, when do you have time to sit down and like be creative and, you know, be visionary and think about, you know, what you want to, what you see for yourself in a couple of years. So I like to think that starting a business is a very spiritual thing. Everything, creating anything is a very spiritual thing. Um, so, you know, making time for for whatever needs to come to you to come to you. Um, you know, if it's kind of like, you know, it's like the reason why people fast so that there's just, you don't have all this noise around you all the time. You can think clearly. Usually when I'm in that state, like, you know, I might have, when you're a founder, you problem solving like 24 seven. But in that state, you know, things come to you a bit easier. It doesn't feel like you have to fight. And, you know, I just, I went through all of that, like, you know, mentally pushing yourself and nothing really comes from it. So I've learned to kind of sit down um, and be quiet and <laughs> let whatever needs to come, uh, come to me. So. Yes, all that stuff. I love going to happy hour. I love brunch. Um, I can do a day party every once in a while. You know, I'll leave it at that. I'm going on. <laughs> Are you it still based like in New York? <laughs> yes, I'm still based in New York. And so do you ever like get to, I know you travel for like your speaking engagements, but like what about for leisure? And if so, what? where's your favorite place to go? Um, I do travel for leisure. My favorite place, I don't just somewhere tropical. Honestly, you need a beach. The water, yeah, the beach. I'm a beach. I need I'm a, a beach. beach water person. Um, maybe not getting in the water, but just being near it is uh, <laughs> yeah. super helpful. Um, Man, I went to Cuba dude, maybe relate. like three years ago. <laughs> yeah, um, my favorite. How was Cuba? I went to. It was. It was the best trip I have taken. Ooh period. I think it was because it was, it was just a well-rounded trip. Like, um, it was like a birthday trip. It was right before, this was like January of 2020. So it was right before everything shut down. So the timing was perfect. Um, and then me and my friends, we went for like a birthday trip and we did a little bit of everything. We did zip lining. We went, we like explored like Cuba's nightlife. We went to some really um, good restaurants. We did beach trips. We did like the country cigar farm type of thing. So it was, one, it was a really well-rounded trip. And two, the like the culture is just so vibrant. Um, we also did like this Afro-Cuban tour, which was really dope. 
um, and owned by another um, Afro-Cuban or sorry, Afro-Latina woman in, um, in Cuba. So yeah, there was, it was just a really dope trip. I would go again. Let me find out you're a cigar girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm actually not. Um, I tried it before in Miami and like the taste just, but in Cuba, it, it wasn't bad. Um, I don't even know what, what you, but it was, the taste was actually sweeter. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. In all the work that you've done and the successes you've had, not everything has come easily to you. How do you navigate no and overcome obstacles that have been put in front of you? Oh, that's a good question. Well, for me, like I said, I feel like being a business owner, it's a very spiritual thing. I don't know how people, it's hard to, to go through it without having that thing that anchors you, remembering that, you know, you're, you're going to get no's. It's, it's literally a part of the journey. You speak to, I can't tell you how many founders I've spoken to where we talk about BC funding. They're like, I, I applied to like 150 people. I heard back from two. <laughs> one of them gave me, you know, my, the investment that I needed. So yeah, just remembering that everything is a journey, um, being able to fix your perspective. So even when something kind of negative happens, you still, you know, have that, whatever it is in you that says, you know, it's still going to work out. I honestly think being an entrepreneur, you have to be a little bit insane just because people tell, you no so many times, and you still have to be like, okay, but I know this is going to work. Okay, but, you know, I'll take the feedback and I'll tweak some things and I know it's still going to happen. So where are you hoping for your journey to go next? I see official Black, Black Wall Street growing and becoming a global household name where people all around the world, you know, can use it for the same purpose. We've gotten messages from people in like France and Amsterdam and South Africa who are like, hey, like, how can we partner? We need something like this here. Um, so I definitely see us expanding, um, definitely doing more in tech. Uh, this year, we will be jumping into, um, you know, having more events. Uh, for me, I'm just excited at the growth. Um, we're at the, the process of uh, building onto our team, you know, creating more content, more events, more co more collaborating with other organizations. So yeah, more a little bit more of everything. More life. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, the legendary Robert Smith shouted you out on LinkedIn. Yeah. How amazing! You have a lot of momentum going right now. How does mm. that feel? Oh, it feels, that was, that was, um, my cousin had sent me a screenshot and I was like, wait, what is this? <laughs> it, I was, it was definitely a pleasant surprise, um, especially the Robert. So yeah, that was really amazing. And honestly, it feels good. This is something I've been doing for a really long time. So it feels good to be, you know, recognized for it, um, especially since there is a lot of work. A lot, of a lot of tears and everything in between that went into building OBWS. So, yeah, it means a lot that, you know, people in high places are, are noticing um, and wanting to spread the word about it. That is really, really exciting. So I, yes. for me, this is definitely a full circle moment, um, especially since official Black Wall Street just gave away um, two grants 
to business owners. And that's how you and I initially connected. Yeah, like this, it's just exciting that like where you have gone and the growth you've had and the way that people are seeing what you what you're doing and mm -hmm. even like over COVID where everyone, all the businesses were pro-black business, pro-black community. And that's something that you've been doing since mm -hmm. before. Yeah. Um, so this is incredibly amazing for you to be here with us on another one of our ventures. Yeah. <laughs> um, very exciting. Yeah. It's definitely a full circle uh, moment. So, Mandy, this has been tons of like great information that you've been sharing with us. And I, I appreciate it. Like I've learned a lot just by, you know, talking with you um, in this short amount of time. Um, but I know you mentioned earlier that you don't have a products-based business. So how can we support, like, how can we support the official Black Wall Street? How can we continue to build your business to where it can grow to scale and become like the next, you know, mega platform? Like, yeah. what support can, how can we help? Oh, I appreciate that question. Um, one, you can definitely download our app. Uh, we have an app that is... If you have an iPhone, if you have an Android, um, you can head to the App Store and download it, um, search for businesses in your area. If you know of a business in your area, tell them about the app so that we can get them on there. Um, also, I almost forgot, this is Black Business Month and we are, um, we are um, hosting a, a Black-owned challenge or activation that we're doing online um, to basically get people, one, to showcase different Black-owned businesses that people can support, um, apparel and accessories, food and beverages, health and wellness businesses, um, and, and beauty. So, you know, getting people accustomed and, and acclimated with different Black-owned businesses and challenging them to go out and, and continuing to support. So, um, definitely heading to obwschallenge.com, um, checking out our social pages to, to see the different businesses that we highlight this month, um, and just buying black, you know, that would, that is our mission. So however you do it, whether it be with OBWS or another platform, as long as you're getting it done, we're good. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. No, we got it. It's so important to support. Definitely. Um, I'm in that founding year of launching my firm so i'm going through all those challenges so you hit the nail on the head with that beach one because i just want to get to one <laughs> <laughs> but no we'll make sure that you know we support by downloading that app um is there the, the process is it easy to get a business to get on the platform if you're a black business i know you said tell a black business about it but how do they sign up to be um one of the the, the partners of the official black wall street app Yes. So, so to sign up, um, they can head to obws.com forward slash join or just head to obws.com and you'll see at the top right of the screen the, the join button. Um, and it literally takes a couple of minutes um, to sign up and get your business listed. And then, you know, we'll be able to discover you um, with businesses on the platform. We basically have them in our rotation. So they kind of sort of receive, you know, free advertising throughout all of our platforms. Um, just to make sure that people are supporting and, you know, they're constantly going back to the, the app and the site to find more businesses. Uh, we also have um, a directory of grants and funding opportunities uh, for Black-owned businesses on the platform. So, yeah, there's a lot of really, you know, fun and, and cool and impactful stuff uh, there for Black-owned businesses. 
Okay. So all in all, get to the website, y'all. Yes. <laughs> get to the website. Mandy, what do you want our multitasker podcast audience to take away? What do you think is the most important message, if you could only pick one for today, that they should leave with? Oh, my goodness. Just, okay. Or two um, or three. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, so for me, my why, why I was doing this change, I believe that words are very powerful. Um, and there was a, in the very beginning, you know, when I'm talking about why I'm doing this, it was, oh, Black-owned businesses, they have all these challenges and these struggles, and they, um, and I, the more I said it, I realized that I was living that and like all of the conversations I was having with other founders, it was like, oh my God, this is so hard. This is... And I wanted to shift the way that I saw official black wall street and the work that we're doing, um, because we are for profit. We're not doing this as, you know, handouts to different black owned businesses. We're doing it because we know that there are so many amazing black founders and black owned businesses in our community that deserve the support. And we know that there are people looking for them because they are adult Black-owned businesses. So, you know, just shifting the the reason why we are supporting Black-owned businesses so that we don't see it as, I'm doing you a favor by supporting you. You know, it goes both ways. That, and then this is the whole mission of, you know, the multitasker, but just prioritizing work-life balance. Make time for it. I was one of those founders who, you know, I was just on like an achieving spree where it was like, okay, did this. All right. On to the next. And my friends will always ask me like, okay, well, how do you celebrate these things? And I was like, I, I go buy my favorite meals. I did, you know, it's just one thing and then on to the next. So I would say slow down. I don't believe in urgency anymore. As a matter of fact, when I feel that energy, I always tell myself I have all the time in the world. So taking the urgency out of it so that you can kind of slow down, relax, um, and not get caught up in that hamster wheel of, oh my gosh, I have to do this and hurry up because if I don't, then this bad thing is going to happen or someone else is going to, or, you know, looking at things from a more abundant place and opposed to like fear and, and lack. Wise words from founder, CEO, Mandy Bowman. Mandy, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. All right, y'all, make sure you're following Official Black Wall Street on Instagram. Follow Mandy Bowman on Instagram. Download the app. If you have a business, get your business featured by filling out that form. We thank you for listening and look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Multitasker Podcast.